Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Makers Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q. Let the music play. To a flag that's upside down. Yeah, here we go. I tell you what, man, that, that freaking song right there grows on you. Freaking Art of War. Check them out on YouTube. All right. So here we go. Um, what are we doing? What, what's today? Oh, yeah. We're doing today's date. <laughs> I'm all right. Don't worry about me. All right, guys. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Uh, how's everybody doing out there today? Hope everyone's Christmas was fantabulous and Santa was good to you. See, what I did for Santa, you know, I saw everyone on the Facebook there putting out... Um, Oh, we're getting ready. Like my my son and, and his wife, they put out cookies and milk for Santa. And I was like, well, shit, we don't have no kids here. So I'm going to put out cookies and Buffalo Trace for Santa. You know, a little snack and something to keep him warm because it was a little chilly on Christmas, right? Even in Florida, it was cold. Shit, I think got down to, what, 29 degrees for a low and high was only like in the 40s. I know if you guys and listen to this up north, wherever you're at up, up north, if you're in... You know, up around the Great Lakes area and stuff like that. I get it. You're like, whatever, cool. <laughs> 40 degrees. That's summertime. Yeah, Florida, that's freaking cold. So, at any rate. So, yeah, Santa was good to me because of the Buffalo Trace. I think he dug a little deep into a sack and hooked a, hooked a brother up. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but, you know, something else that I got was my new Christian Lawson watch. So, let's not forget about our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout and get 30% off your purchase price. Now, obviously, Christmas is coming and gone. It's New Year. It's going to hit us, what, in about three days here. But you know what's right around the corner, guys? Valentine's Day. So check ChristianLawson.com. Check them out. Find you something for your wife or your girlfriend, whatever your situation is. 
women too, you know, but you, they got men's watches. Look for something for your husband or your boyfriend. Whatever your situation is, they have it. Check them out. ChristianLawson.com. Use DTOM code, promo code DTOM at the checkout. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. So I told you guys on my Christmas message that I did on Christmas Eve uh, that I was going to bring you part three of the Clinton crime family and uh, pretty much not going to do that because um, I don't want to. Now, I want to really talk about this um, this omnibus uh, spending bill that passed. And, you know, I'm trying to not divulge too much into current events but I, I feel the need that when, when it's time to talk about something in the current events situation that I, I'm going to have to talk about it. And the biggest reason I'm going to do this is because everyone else is on vacation. Everyone else that's doing a podcast of any kind of significance is on vacation. Oh, it's a slow, bit, a slow news cycle, slow news week. We're on vacation. I mean, everybody's on vacation. But since this is a, uh, a hobby for me, and I'm just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. So, sugar and water. So, um, as you guys probably heard last week, just before, you know, all the senators and Congress people took off for, for uh, Christmas break, they uh, rammed the uh, omnibus spending bill through. Now, that'll fund the um, government till September of next year. Um, $1.7 trillion. Now, what I want to do today is I'm going to go through, I'm not going to go through line by line because I don't, we don't have that kind of time. It's a four, what was it? Uh, almost 4,200 page bill that was literally given to these people at 11 o'clock at night, the day before the vote. 11 o'clock at night. Oh, by the way, we're voting tomorrow on this here. Read it. 4,200 pages. Let's vote on this tomorrow. Now, obviously, in the Senate, I believe all the all the Democrats voted for it. But the bad thing is there were, you had 18 Republicans vote for this. And we'll get into that as in, as to why these people voted for it. I'm really upset. I'm upset at all 18, but I'm extremely upset over one particular one. As much business as he talks about lack of, you know, government and da-da-da-da-da, but yet he voted on this. And uh, I would personally like someone to ask him why. I mean, I'm not going to get Tom Cotton on my show, I doubt, but uh, someone needs to ask why. Why did you vote for this? And uh, we'll get into why I think some of these Republicans voted for it. But voting for a bill because of one item or two items need not make a bill. Okay. Um, granted, I guess you could make the argument that if none of the Republicans voted on it, it still would have gone through, whatever. But that's beside the point. You know what I'm saying? We need to, we need to hold these people accountable. Mitch, Mitch McConnell and the, the other 17, I'll, I can, I'll read those names off here in a little bit. But $1.7 trillion spending bill. Now, and, and behind this is, oh, this will keep the government running till um, September of next year. Okay, now, in my mind, now I'm just a dude from Florida, like I said, full-time job, part-time podcast. My job has nothing to do with government spending or budget restraints for the for the state of Florida, 
uh, the the country of the United States. I, I, not, nothing. But I do budget my own spending. Okay? Now, when I budget my spending in the house, now granted, me and my wife, I believe, we, we do it smart. Now, this is just my opinion. You guys might do it differently, and that's, that's fine. You, you do what works for you. But in our house, what we do is me and my wife have separate bank accounts. She has her money. I have my money. We both have jobs, and we make decent, decent wages. Okay? She's responsible for mortgage and uh, the Internet and her bills. I'm responsible for nothing. I party. No, I'm, I'm responsible for the electric bill. Uh, YouTube television, because that's how we watch TV. We don't have cable, because that was like $300 a month. We can have internet for like 70 and YouTube TV for like 60-something, so we cut that bill in half, but nonetheless. Um, and I pay for the insurance and the, and the cell phone. So we pretty much split those bills up evenly. Then I have whatever bills I have. Neither one of us have a car payment, so whatever, whatever, whatever. So when I budget myself, I say, okay, well, I roughly make about, I roughly bring home about X amount of dollars every week. Okay, um, so I can say, oh, I can pay this bill, that bill, you know, whatever. So I budget that, and much like most of America, we live paycheck to paycheck. Now it's not to the sense where I'm like struggling. Oh my God, I can't wait till we get paid on Friday. I have fifty dollars in the bank. It's not like that. I don't live paycheck to paycheck like that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything. What I'm saying is that paycheck to paycheck to me is this paycheck's paying these bills. That paycheck next week's paying those bills and so on and so forth. That And that's how I budget. I know my checks should be around X amount of dollars. And that's how I pay my bills. That to me is how I budget. Okay. Um, in said budget, it doesn't include giving money to random. I don't. So, okay. I don't say, okay, well, I need to pay this credit card. Um, I need to pay the electric bill. And I need to pay the... Um, well, the YouTube TV, that's automatically comes out. But I don't budget in the sense of like, okay, so I'm paying the electric bill. Okay, I'm paying, I'm paying uh, this credit card, this credit card. And uh, I need to get gas. And we need to buy groceries. And I need to give $100 to my neighbor. <laughs> I don't, that's not how I budget myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm aware when we give, when me and or my wife give, it's more spontaneous. We don't... <laughs> budget out who we're giving money to and um so to me 1.7 trillion dollars you're thinking well shit that's a lot of money to run the government but then when you break down the bill when you break down the spending it gets it gets interesting and we'll, we'll get into that here in a second and you know thank god you have some senators you have like Rand paul and he came out on festivus which was, I think, the day a day or two before Christmas. I don't know the exact exact date. And he does this every year because every year there's some bullshit spending bill. And um, so he goes out and exposes the corruption behind the $1.7 trillion spending bill. So, you know, he dropped the hammer on Democrats in Congress. And this is where I would argue. Now, granted, he did this prior to the voting. But this is where I would make the argument... You still had 18 Republican senators, Rand Paul. I mean, he was not one of them. But we can drop the hammer on the Democrats all day long. That's cool. You still had 18 Republicans. Let's say, let's just say for shits and grins, there's, what's it, it's, right now, it's a 50-50 split. Right? You have 50 senators, Republican, 50 Democrat, then Kamala's the tiebreaker. 
as of right now. Now, granted, in January that changes because, you know, somehow or another we lost Georgia, so now it's 51 to 49, but whatever. Right now it's 50-50. Kamala's the, the, the split. So what if um, five Democrats said, no, this is a bullshit bill. We're not voting for this. But it wouldn't matter because you had 18 Republicans vote for it. Now, I don't even know if this was a situation of a bill. Like, sometimes there's bills that you need 60 um, senators. It's not, even a, it's not even a majority wins. You have to have, like, 60 votes to um, pass it. And even with that being said, if you had five Repu- or, uh, Democrats say, oh, I'm not voting for that. It's a bullshit bill. It's too much pork in that crap. You still had 18 Republicans say, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. That puts you over the 60. So you have to ask those senators. Now, we know McConnell is just a fucking goat. He's just a fucking old billy goat. And it's funny because Rand Paul and McConnell are from the same state. Opposite ends of the spectrum in thinking. Same state. McConnell is a freaking swamp rat. Freaking rhino. Uh, deep state. Whatever the fuck you want to call these people. He is that. This bill was drawn up essentially by McConnell, Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi. You could say the other 400-whatever members of Congress and the other 100 members in the Senate, basically, with the exception of voting on this bill, had nothing to do with what's in this bill. This bill was drawn up by those three individuals. And McConnell counts it as a win because, oh, we got, we got some defense spending. Who gives a fuck? Okay? I, and I'll break it all down here in a minute. But the 4,000-plus uh, page bill was produced in the middle of the night. Oh, and I said 11 o'clock. It was re- released at 1.30 in the morning. 1.30 in the morning. The day they had to vote on it. Now, this bill was supposed to have been drawn up by September. So, the end of September of, of this month, of this year, uh, September 30th, I think it was, was when the spending expired. Same like this bill that they signed expires September 30th of next year. And then they passed a bill to extend it for two months, three months, whatever it was. So, despite having 10 months to work on this bill, they released it (laughs) the morning of the vote, a 42, almost 4,200-page bill. And, you know, this strategy attempts to pressure lawmakers into making an impulsive decision in order to go home for Christmas break because it's, you know, it's Friday, Christmas, or whatever, Thursday, whatever day it was they voted on it. We, we want to go home. It's Christmas. We want to have our Christmas break because now they don't come back until the, I think the first, not first of January, but like the fifth or some shit like that of January. So they're gone for two weeks. So they're like, yeah, whatever, fuck it, you know. So, you know, Senator Paul ask the question, whose job is it to to produce this? The people in charge of the spending. So he continued, when did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's it's in the law. The law says September 30th. You got nine months, almost ten months to produce a plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. So now we have it at 1.30 in the morning. That was what Rand Paul said. He continues on to say, I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. 
The process stinks. It is uh, an abomination. And that's true. And, and like I said, we're going to get into the, the dollar amounts. But it does not take $1.7 trillion to fund the, the uh, government. It might take half that. Maybe. Maybe half that. I don't even think it's half that. That's how much bullshit is in this bill. It's a no good rotten way to run our government. Six trillion dollar entity and we want 24 hours to process this. And then want to go forward. Many lawmakers won't be able to read and process the impact of the 4,000 plus page bill within 24 hours. And then Rand Paul uh, proposed two major changes. He goes on to say, one, that this goes against the budget rules. The pay-go rules say you can't do this, that you can't have all this new spending unless it's offset. We'll be demanding that the pay-go rules are increased. Instead of taking 60 votes to evade the rules, we're going to ask that it be two-thirds vote to it. So it was a 60-vote situation, so they needed 60 votes to pass the bill. You got 68. Why? Because you had... 18 Republicans vote for this bill. If nine of those would have stood up and said no, it wouldn't have passed. And God forbid they wouldn't have been able to go home for Christmas break. Oh, no. God forbid. You know, some of us worked. I had Christmas Day off, but, you know, I was off Christmas Eve because I'm off the weekend. So I'm off Saturday, Sunday. Just happened to be Christmas was on a Sunday. So whatever. The American people don't want this. They're sick of it. They are paying for it through the nose with inflation. So, obviously, Rand Paul's upset, but he's upset over this every year. We need 99 99 more Rand Pauls, which is never going to happen. So, this is uh, out of Breitbart. So, Congress releases 1.7 trillion, 4,155-page ominous bill. So I read all this. It was released at 1.30 on Tuesday, giving lawmakers days to read it before shutdown on Friday, which I think they voted for it on Thursday. So Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, the same state as Rand Paul, has chalked up the higher increase in defense spending compared to domestic spending as a Republican victory. Even though Democrats managed to pass their $700 billion Inflation Reduction Act, which boosted domestic expenditures on climate change and other leftist democratic priorities, among other priorities. This bill includes. So, <laughs> this is just some of the things in this bill. And we're going to get into it a little bit deeper here in a minute. And, and the first thing on here is $45 billion in military and economic aid for Ukraine's conflict with Russia. And this is actually Biden only, <laughs> only quote-unquote, requested... billion. So not only did they give him what he wanted, they gave him $8 billion more. And I'll get into that part of it here in a little bit. That's just one sliver. (laughs) But we'll get into Ukraine here in a minute. $5 billion in earmarks for 3,200 different projects. $47 billion in National Institute of Health, the NIH, right? For them. $1 $1 billion for Puerto Rico's electrical grid. So that's fine. Okay, some of these are billion dollars to help your, well, it's not a state, but one of your territories with their electrical grid. Cool, fine, I'm fine with that. $600 million to address the water issues in Jackson, Mississippi. Once again, I'm fine with that. The Senate version of an Electoral Count Reform Act, which would change the process for lawmakers to object 
to the certification of the presidential election, conveniently enough. And Josh Hawley's push to have um, a ban on TikTok on government devices is included in the omnibus, which is actually taking effect. Other things that are included, and these are just some of the things. I'm going to break it down a little bit more here in a minute. Uh, coronavirus aid. I Okay, what is that? We're still doing COVID? We're still doing this? Is COVID back? I, I don't know. All right. Extension of the child tax credit, the Safe Banking Act, which would allow marijuana business to have more access to banking services, and a bill to narrow alleged sentence disparity, disparities between crack and powdered cocaine. That's the Hunter, uh, the Hunter Biden uh, rule. <laughs> uh, House conservatives swiftly came out against the omnibus spending bill. 13 House Republicans wrote a letter to Senate Republicans urging them to oppose the bill. The lawmakers, lawmakers wrote, We are ob obliged to inform you that if any omnibus passes in the remaining days of this Congress, we will, we will oppose and whip opposition into legislative priority of those senators who vote for the bill, including the leader. So this was a tweet from uh, Chip Roy, Chip Roy, sorry, from Texas. Um, and, it, and that's, that's who said that, you know, we're going to, uh, whip, we will oppose and whip opposition to any legislator prior to those senators who vote for this, including the lay. So they're coming after McConnell. Senator Mike Lee from Utah wrote that not every senator will help congressional leadership ram the omnibus through the Senate. Lee asked rhetorically, this bill has been written in large measure by two retiring senators, one Republican and one Democrat. Why should we move heaven and earth trying to force their priorities on the very people they keep in the dark? According to all, or I'm sorry, all according to two senators, contrived manipulated timeline. All right, so let's get into the, the meat and veggies of this. Okay, so this was a tweet Dan Bishop uh, set out. Now, I'm not exactly sure where Dan Bishop is out of um, North Carolina. Okay. So he tweets out. Now, this was on the 20th of December. Uh, my team and I are reading through the omnibus bill today, all 1.7 trillion and 4,100 pages of it. When I'm talking about bullshit, I got to drink some whiskey, right? So here we go. He tweets out everything. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the points of the bill is they gave, I, th I can't remember the exact dollar amount. I think it was, uh, so $230 million for uh, Customs and Border Patrol. So none of these funds provided in subsection shall be used. So the money that was given to Border Patrol cannot be used for the following things. So the money given to the Border Patrol cannot be used to hire permanent federal employees. Can't hire anybody. For any flight hours other than those flown by U.S. Custom and Border Protections, Air and Marine Operations, except for intent transportation of non-citizens or to acquire, maintain, or extend border security, technology capabilities, except for technology capabilities to improve Border Patrol processing. So, in essence, the money can only be used to transport non-citizens to destinations uh, predetermined by the 
the federal government. So Florida, you know, wherever. Right. Also, the money cannot be used to improve the technology of capabilities of stopping people from crossing the border, but only can be used to improve processing those who do cross the border. So once again, you're giving a shit ton of money to border patrol, but not for them to do their job of protecting the border. Okay, so there's that. All right. So, 410 million towards border security. Oh, so I'm sorry. Oh yeah. So that, but now that was 230 million to our border, but we can't do anything to secure it. It's more for processing. But then they get 410 million dollars, so almost twice the amount towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. Before I read this part of the bill. Where does $410 million to these countries, what does that have to do with us running our country? Not a god... I'm sorry for the language, but not a goddamn thing. There's $400 million we're given to one, two, three, four, five countries that fucking hate us. Okay? These are five countries that can't stand our guts. But here's $400 million for you to secure your border. But in the meantime... We can't secure our border, but here's $400 million. Of the amounts appropriated in this act under the heading Operations and Maintenance, defense-wide for the Defense Security Co- Cooperation Agency, $410 million to remain available until September 30th of 24 shall be available to reimburse Jordan, Lebanon, e- Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman under Section 1226 of the National Defense Authorization Act. <laughs> I didn't know that they were part of our country. <laughs> was not aware that Egypt, Jordan, uh, Lebanon, Tunisia, I did not know that that was the America, uh, United States of the Middle East. What the fuck does that have to do with National Defense Authorization Act? That is not our country. Let them worry about their own motherfucking security. Okay? For enhanced border security. Okay? Which not less than 150 million of that shall be for Jordan. Not Michael, but the country. <laughs> 410 million dollars to five countries that can't stand our guts for the National Defense Authorization Act. Now that should be our country, not those countries. Unless unless I'm just fucking stupid and I did not realize. That those five countries were part of the United States of the Middle East. I, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Missed that one. Okay. So then, of course, we have another $1.4 million. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, $1.4 billion. I can't read. I don't Too many numbers. I don't know. Too many zeros. For membership in global multilateral organizations, including the UN. Yeah, we have to pay a fee to be in the UN. For necessary expenses not otherwise provided for to meet annual obligations of membership in international multilateral organizations pursuant to treaties ratified pursuant to the advice and consent of the Senate. Hold on. I didn't mean to click on that. Uh, Conventions or specific acts of Congress. $1.4 billion of which $96 million may remain available until... September 30th of 24. I'm sure it won't be. Uh, that the Secretary of State shall, 
at the time of the submission of the president's budget to Congress. Under da, 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 da. So there you go. One point four trillion. I'm sorry. One point four billion to to you know be a member of the UN. Cool. Um, once again, what does that have to do with national spending? If I don't know about you, but this country's broke. <laughs> We're what thirty trillion dollars in debt. Probably more than that. I'm probably lowballing it. Okay. If if you as an American citizen, which most Americans are in some sort of debt, most people might quote unquote own a house, but you probably don't have it paid off. So you're however much you owe on your house. So let's even even let's say for shits and giggles, you don't have any credit cards, you don't have any car payments, you don't have anything, but you're paying a mortgage. You're still a hundred, two hundred, whatever thousand dollars in debt. Until that house is paid off, you're in debt to the bank or the lending company, right? On top of the credit cards and if you have car payments and so on and so forth. Now, it's not wise <laughs> for people that might be in a hundred, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. And that's a lot of people. I'm not singling anyone, I'm not laughing at anyone. But most people, if you own a house, is you're probably paying a mortgage. And it might be a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar balance on that. You might have a car payment or two. You might have one, two, three, ten credit cards. So it's not it's not ignorant for me to say that most Americans could be anywhere from two to five hundred thousand dollars in debt if you count all that stuff. I'm not talking about credit card debt, I'm talking all of it. How many of you guys are one to five hundred thousand dollars in debt and go and give someone you don't that doesn't like you fifty thousand dollars. You're gonna go take a personal loan out to give that person fifty grand. I guarantee you no one can raise their hand and say, Oh, I'll do that. All right. Also we're giving money to the Alaskan Salmon Research Task Force Act. I'm sure that's uh you know essential. Salmon are, oh, I, I stand corrected. Salmon are an essential element for the well-being of the health of Alaskans. And there is a unique relationship between people of indigenous heritage and the salmon they rely on for subsistence and traditional and cultural practices. So there you go. And, and even then, I can make fun of that. I can say, well, that's But at least it's an American state. At least it's not. We're giving them, you know, $10 million to uh, the Philippines to... Uh, can tuna or whatever <laughs> so 65 million dollars for that though <laughs> 65 million dollars for salmon research <laughs> 65 million dollars right all right so three million for bee friendly highways and another five million for the salmon so that takes it up to six, 70 million for the salmon. So, pollinator-friendly practices on roadways and highways. We got to keep the bees safe. It's all about the bees, man. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, 65.7 million for international fishery commissions. Um, okay. So now we're up to about 130 million dollars for fish. All right, so we'll keep scrolling. One more sinister note. Here's at least $575 million for quote-unquote family planning in areas where population growth threatens biodiversity. So, <laughs> interesting. 
So, uh, part three of this act, not less than $575 million, should be made available for family planning and reproductive health, including in areas where population growth threatens biodiversity and endangered species. So, what do you think that means to you? I think that goes back to you, the eugenics aspect of what I talked about during the Bush crime family situation. $575 million for family planning and reproductive health. What do you think that means? Increased abortions. Uh, If you live in a state that doesn't allow abortions or has a strict limit or rule or whatever on abortions to maybe help transport those people to other states or whatever, probably. Now, would I have a problem if that $575 million went towards helping girls... um, get on the pill or giving out free condoms or uh, teaching teenagers, not kindergartners, not elementary school kids, but teenagers about safe sex. I don't have a problem with that as long as their parents consent. I don't have a problem with that. Abortions, killing babies, I have a problem with that. So another $65 million in two programs for Senator Leahy and a federal building named for Nancy Pelosi. Because, of course, we have to do that. So let's see if it says... Um, uh, la, la, la. So Patrick Leahy, Lake Champlain Basin Program, Federal Water Pollution Control Act. Um, so this is about pollution. And then... Um, I don't know, Leahy, I know that sounds familiar, I just can't place, I can't recall where he's from. But this is how you get, this is how you get senators and Congress people to vote on stuff. I'm going to give your district X amount of dollars for whatever. I'm going to give your state $65 million for salmon. I'm going to give your state $600 million to fix the water. I'm going to give your state, um, a, you know, I'm going to give Puerto Rico a billion dollars so they vote. I'm going to give Puerto Rico a billion dollars to fix the electric electricity. And that's important. I'm not saying those things aren't. I'm not saying the water thing and the electricity. That's very important. And maybe the salmon thing's important, too. I don't know. But $65 million? for And it's not to do anything other than research. <laughs> for a year. Or two years. Whatever it was. I want to get on that research team. What are they paying? And then I'm not going to break all these down because he puts out the list. And like these are all Department of Transportation. And it gives different states, different um, regions that um, those states are, you know, that those projects are in. So so you'd have whatever uh, congressperson or senator that that affects, so to speak. I think one of the interesting things here he highlights is there is a. $3.6 million to, uh, to uh, it doesn't say what district it's in, but nonetheless, for the Michelle Obama Trail in Georgia. So there you go. So four, almost $4 million to build a trail for uh, Michael. All right, $477,000 for anti- anti-racist training from the Equity Institute, three million for the LB LGBTQ 
<laughs> LGBTQ plus museum in New York City. So they're building a museum for the gays in New York City. Three million dollars. One point two million in services for DACA recipients. Four point one million in various career programs for one of the richest countries in the U.S. or counties. I'm sorry, in the U.S. And here's another line. So. What's that? The Equity Institute in Rhode Island for Teacher Professional Development. 477000 Alright. That's Department of Labor. Health, Labor, and Human Services. So let's see. What does this one say here? Department of Housing and Urban Development. New York Historical... Okay, so that's the museum. Um, this is community. So this is what I already talked about. So, what is it? And this is for the one in Fairfax, one of the richest counties in the country. $4.1 million. Um, and then, of course, we have the additional $47 billion in Ukraine funding. Um, <laughs> and if that isn't enough for you, the bill also authorizes a Ukraine independence park right, right in D.C. So, not only are we giving another $47 billion to Ukraine, but we're going to build them an independence park in D.C. Awesome. So there's that. And, th and this isn't even everything, you know. Um, so this is for approval of location for commemorative work to honor journalists who sacrificed their lives in service to a free press. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so that doesn't give a dollar amount there. Uh, the bill also renames 25 post offices, in addition to dozens we've already renamed this session. There you go. So $524 million for DEI and structural racism proposed in the NIH subdivision. So that's uh, respect to minority health and health or minority health and health disparities research. There you go. So 300000 per year for a continuous plankton recorder. Re Chump change compared to the rest of the bill, right? Of course, there's a section for ND NDAA corrections, another uh, gargantuan bill that passed in a rush. So, we'll scroll. Gender programs in Pakistan. Pakistan, is that... Where's that in? Is that in Chicago? Is that in North Dakota? Pakistan, North Dakota. Yeah, that's right. And a $200 million for gender equity fund. Right. $200 million for gender equity. I, you know what I want to know is when are people that are men and claim to be men and women that claim to be women, when are they going to start standing up? When, when am I? That's what I, I should start doing that. I'm a man, damn it. I want my equity. Why am I being shamed for being a man, claiming to be a man? And why is a woman claiming to be a woman that's a woman? We're, we're the bad guys all of a sudden. Do you Have you noticed that? Now, if I was a man, if I'm a man, and I'm saying, oh, I, I'm a woman. Oh, oh, you're gen gender equity. It's okay. It's bullshit. It's not equity. So, um, last year's administrative expenses for the VAX industry trust funds were $13.2 million, and that's up to $15.2 That's an increase of 15%. 
anticipating a 15% increase in vaccine uh, injuries. (laughs) It also authorizes sums may be necessary for vaccine injury death claims. Hmm? Interesting. Okay, so here's one for you. $335 million to prepare for, wait for it, an influenza pandemic, including the use of surveillance tools. So what are they trying to say? All right, COVID. So we're going to COVID you and flu you. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. So for an additional amount of expense, this is in the bill, for for an additional amount for expenses necessary to prepare for or respond to an influenza pandemic, $335 million, of which $300 million shall be available until expended for activities including the development and purchase of vaccines, antivirals, necessary medical supplies, diagnoses, and other quote-unquote surveillance tools, provided that none, notwithstanding Section 496B of the PHS Act, funds may be used for the construction or renovation of privately owned facilities for the production of pandemic influenza vaccines and other biologies. If the secretary finds such construction or renovation necessary to secure sufficient supplies of such vaccines or biologies. Hmm. All right. $7.5 million to better understand the domestic radical... (laughs) Radicalization phenomenon plus one million dollars for gun violence research. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just trying to glance off over the bills, you know, because this is like I'm reading his writing and then they, he actually has the portion of the bill. So, uh, 535 million dollars for the corporation for public broadcasting, which indirectly funds NPR. So that's $535 million for CBS. Or not CBS. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, PBS. That's it. Right? All right. Uh, la, la, la. This probation provision nearly doubles 66,000 of H2B visas, temporarily low-skilled workers. <sighs> All right. So here we go. $11.33 billion for who? The FBI. <laughs> I thought we were trying to scale them back. So we're about to walk into a new year of say what you will, whatever, but it's going to happen since the Republicans are now going to take over the Congress, the House, not the Senate, but the, the Congress. They're going to start their own committees. Okay. J6 will go away. They're trying to do as much as they can to Trump as quickly as they can. You know, his tax returns are going to be released Friday. Cool. To who? Everyone's on fucking vacation. (laughs) Here you go. Here. It's a Friday release of my tax returns. Crickets. Because everyone's on vacation. And number one. Number two. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Right? Who cares? Uh, i tell you what. Let me see Biden's tax returns. Let me see Hunter's tax returns. Okay? But nonetheless, so we're going to increase the budget for the FBI. In the meantime, 
guarantee you come February, if not before then, you're going to see at least one or two committees investigating the FBI for whatever. Okay. $1.75 billion for the ATF and $2.63 billion for U.S. attorneys with the emphasis on J6 prosecutions and domestic terrorism cases. All significant increases from the previous year. And did you know that the House of Representatives has an Office of Diversity and Inclusion? It is set to receive nearly $26 million in taxpayer money. Right. There you go. Also including this bill, regulations on cosmetics, changes to horse racing rules, and the Electoral Count Act. $286 million in Title 10 funding, which funds Planned Parenthood. And that goes back to the $570-something million to the uh, overpopulating of certain areas, right? $70 million for minority uh, business development, an increase of $15 million from uh, from last year. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna say something here. Now, I have no problem with giving money and helping minorities develop a business. I'm fine with that. Here's where I have a problem. What does that have to do with running this country? Nothing. Everything that I've talked about, every dollar that I've discussed, has nothing to do with running this country. Nothing. Not one penny so far that I've talked about has anything to do with making sure this country doesn't shut down. It's about building this, building that, giving money to this, giving money to that, giving money to this country, giving money to that country. Helping with other countries' border security, but don't worry about ours. Giving money to a corrupt FBI. Where, where, where have we gotten to the the meat and veggies of of running this country? We're, with the exception of giving money to Puerto Rico for their electrical, giving money to Jackson, Mississippi to help with their water situation. I haven't seen one penny go to anything that needs to be done. $750,000 for Trans-Latin Coalition. $2.35 million in improvement maintenance for the uh, Iditarod Trail. That seems necessary. $1.5 million for the restoration of Alb- Albany, New York City Hall. Why is that a federal problem? Why is $1.5 million from the federal government going to the state of New York to help renovate their city hall. That is not a go that is not a me here us here wherever you live. If you don't live in Albany or the state of New York for that matter, why do we give a shit about their city hall? That's a New York problem. That's the taxpayers of New York, the taxpayers of Albany, New York. That's their problem. But no, let's I mean granted it's only 1.5 million dollars compared to everything else but that's beside the point my point being is who cares <laughs> that has nothing to do with running the federal government the federal government will run just fine if that fucking 1.5 million dollars doesn't go to albany new york to re- restore their city hall 
$400,000 for a racial justice improvement project. Once again, what's here that I've read, what dollar amount, with the exception of the money going to Puerto Rico and the money going to Jackson, Mississippi, what have I said has anything to do? And granted, you could even make the argument that $600 million to Jackson, Mississippi and the billion dollars to Puerto Rico. That's a Puerto Rico and a Jackson, Mississippi problem. That's a state problem. But I can get on board with helping Jackson, Mississippi and their water issue. That's a health problem. I can get on board with trying to fix Puerto Rico's electrical grid because they, I think since Irma, maybe even before them, but they've had this grid problem for years now. I'm, I, I'm fine with those two expenditures. So of the one point <laughs> of the one point seven trillion dollars, I can get on board with one point six billion of it. So where's the other one point five four trillion going to bullshit? That's all it is. Bullshit. They call it pork. I call it bullshit. Right. All right. So. Let's get into Ukraine. Forty-seven billion more dollars to the country of Ukraine. Biden only asked for thirty-seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, 40, 45. I'm sorry, I overstated. He asked for thirty-seven, so they gave him eight billion more. Right. So since February of this year, this country has given nearly $100 billion in taxpayer money to the Ukraine. $100 billion. Now, supposedly, they're calling for... Uh, I, I want to say it. They're, they're, they want to investigate and itemize where this money has gone to. Good luck. Okay. Now, according to a Jamestown Foundation, Russia's most recent annual defense spending was estimated at $77 billion. So, Russia's spent so far this year, evidently, $77 billion. We, this country, this doesn't count all the money that's gone to Ukraine, just this country. I shouldn't even say this country. This, this Our government has given them Almost $100 billion. That doesn't count the the numerous uh, foundations and donations that have been given to by different situations. We talked about the Balenciago uh, guy that had the foundation. I can't recall the name of it, but that was a couple hundred million. The European, uh, whatever it's called... The, the European states, I can't think of the fucking name of it is, they've given 30-something billion dollars. So I'd, I'd be willing to bet all in all, all, you know, who all countries have given, whether it be through government agencies and uh, or donations from private citizens, they're probably upwards of $150 billion plus dollars given to the country of Ukraine over twice or more of what Russia spent, you know, supposedly. We don't know this to be exact, but whatever. 
So how much of that money is going to Ukraine for this? Now, we talked about how during the FTX situation that Zelensky was buying Bitcoin through FTX, right? And then that money was being donated to the Democratic Party, okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but most places would call that laundering, okay? You're taking money that was given to you by this country and other countries, quote-unquote investing it in Bitcoin for whatever fucking reason, when you should be buying supplies, whether it's ammunition or, or tanks or whatever, or food for your people, <laughs> or subsistence for your people, you're investing it in crypto and then giving a percentage back to the Democratic National Committee. Is that the 10% for the big guy? Is that, a, is that a similar situation? Well, this is breaking today. And I'm going to talk about this because, number one, I give two fucks. <laughs> number two, everyone else is on vacation. So if I don't talk about this, granted, I don't have 100,000 listeners. So it's up to you guys, before I get into this breaking news, to please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, number one, subscribe to the show. Follow us on social media. Don't Tread on America. We're on Facebook, Instagram, don't and uh, TikTok. Don't Tread on America. We're on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775. Guys, and the websites, com. Follow us, guys. On one of those aspects, follow us. Please, subscribe to the website. I won't spam you. I'm telling you, you won't get spams. Okay? You might get show updates. You might get some, um, some naked pictures, whatever. But you won't get spammed. <laughs> but it's very important that you share this show. And the reason I say this is because what I'm about to tell you, you're not going to hear this. CNN's not going to talk about it. You might if you watch Fox, depending on who you watch, you might hear about it because most of the, the big names on Fox are all on vacation too. And it's all fill-ins or it's all specials or whatever. So you might hear about it. You're definitely not going to hear about it on mainstream media, regardless of who's there. And if you listen to other podcasts, you're not going to hear about it there because everyone's on vacation. I don't know what other podcasts y'all listen to, and I don't care as long as you're listening to me too because I listen to other podcasts, and they're all on vacation. So it's kind of hard. I'm like, what am I going to fucking listen to? Anyway, breaking today, Zelensky announces... Oh, that's all the time we have for today. I'm at an hour. So I have to get with you on next... No, I'm joking. <laughs> Zelensky announces he is planning to join the WEF in Davos to sign new post-war loans with BlackRock. Volodymyr Zelensky and Larry Fink agreed to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investments into most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. Let me get down here to the meat and gritty. So on Wednesday, it was revealed that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's government 
is prepping to participate in January's World Economic Forum in Davos, and that the Ukraine leader is in talks with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink regarding rebuilding efforts following the war with Russia. According to Bloomberg, Zelensky said in an evening address to the nation, Special, specialists of this company are already helping Ukraine to structure the fund for the reconstruction of our state. Zelensky reportedly had a video call with Fink in September. He did not reveal whether he would be attending the WEF personally or uh, virtually. According to a Wednesday post on the Ukrainian presidential's official website, Zelensky said, in accordance with the preliminary agreements struck earlier this year between the head of state and Larry Fink, the BlackRock team has been working with several, uh, for several months on a project to advise the Ukrainian government on how to structure the country's reconstruction funds. Well, gee, I wonder how they're going to do that. We'll probably just give them another fucking $50 billion, you know, whatever. Volodymyr Zelensky and Larry Fink agreed to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investments into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. During the conversation, it was emphasized that certain BlackRock leaders plan to visit Ukraine in the new year. The president thanked Larry Fink, 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 whatever, for the work of the professional team that BlackRock has allocated to advise on restructuring and restructuring projects. Or are these um, leaders of BlackRock going to get a payoff? As you know, we're about to give them a fat $45 billion more dollars. Guys, I can't tell you enough that we are giving money to a country that could easily... I mean, you've had people come out that in February, March, April were all on board with Ukraine fighting and doing their thing. But as of recently, have come around and said, look, the only thing that Russia... Russia's not trying to take over Ukraine. And I've said this, I've done a number of shows on the Ukraine-Russia situation. And I'm sure I've probably lost listeners over this, thinking I'm some kind of uh, Russian fanboy. And that's fine, because I've said this time and time again. Ever since I was a kid, I'm almost 50 years old. So if the majority of you guys are the same age and the same age ballpark as me, we have been taught to hate Russia. Whether it's through our government, through our schools, through our movies, through our TV shows, whatever. And I'm not saying, and I never have said, that Putin is right. I never said that. But, if you look at the details of what's going on, if, now we can sit here and make this argument, you can argue with me, and if you have a problem with what I'm going to say, that's fine. Go to the Facebook Go to Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775 on Twitter, Facebooks, Don't Tread on America, and comment. Please, I encourage you to. But you cannot tell me for one minute that the, the ragtag scrubs of Ukraine would be able to hold off the Russian army if Russia's plan was to take over 
the country of Ukraine, it would already be over. I'm telling you, what has been done is all that's going to be done. The only thing that Russia wanted was Crimea, which Obama gave up in 14 with no bubbles, no troubles. Why wasn't, what's going on now in Ukraine, why wasn't that going on eight years ago? Right? The reason Russia did and is doing what they're doing is for that area of the Donbass region in Ukraine. Now, I've played videos and I've talked about this where there's people in that region that have been claiming since before the war that most of the shelling that's been going on in that in that area and most of the people that have been killed in that area have been killed at the hands of the Ukrainian government in the Azov Battalion, which we talked about them being Nazis. I did a show a couple weeks ago on how we passed a bill 15, 20 years ago, whatever it was, about not funding that the Ukrainians anymore because of their uh, Azov Battalion, which is just a sector of their army. But it's a sector of their army that's from a certain area of Ukraine that has been known to be populated with ex-Germans that, it, that bailed out there from um, after World War II. And these people that lived there, granted, weren't involved in World War II. That was a long time ago. But these are the grandsons and the granddaughters of those people. They have been enshrined with Nazi thinking. These people are Nazis. Straight up. The things they're doing, the things that are happening, the reason this is going on in that area is because those people in the Donbass region, which are mostly Russian-speaking, Russian-thinking people because Ukraine used to be part of Russia prior to uh, Gorbachev and whatever. Those people are being attacked by their own government. So, of course, they're going to ask for help. It's easy for us to talk about it, but if you don't think about it, because you think that would never happen, that's crazy. Because it would never happen here, but it does happen here. You guys just don't realize it. The difference is you don't see Canada or Mexico or whoever stepping up to help. <laughs> Whomever. Okay? But these things are happening in that country. And then we're just blaming Russia for taking over the country. I'm telling you right now, Ukraine isn't that big of a country. Okay? In essence. The population isn't that big. If Russia wanted to take over the whole country of Ukraine, it would have been over with. I, I hate to tell you guys this, but it's true. Zelensky would no longer be in, in charge. He would probably be dead, if not in jail in Russia. He's alive because they don't care to kill him. They don't care to take over the country. I would say most of the damage that's been done in that country has been done by the Ukraine to push the narrative. We've already seen that they tried to involve the UN by launching missiles into Poland and blaming it on Russia. <laughs> Where are the war crimes? Why, why, is, why are we giving more money to this country instead of arresting Zelensky for war crimes? Well, he didn't do it. 
granted, he wasn't down there. He didn't push the button and ro- launch the rockets. I get that. But he covered it up. And he blamed Russia for it. Trying to get the UN and United States and whoever else involved in a situation that didn't happen. Why are we covering for this guy? And why do we continue to give this country money? I, can two years go by quick enough so we can get a president, hopefully, whether it be Trump or DeSantis, in there to, number one, stop the madness and uncover the bullshit? So one reason I'd like to see Trump win is just because I think he's so pissed off at everything that's happened that he might just say, fuck it. Here's a deal. Be interesting to see. All right, guys. So we are at the hour. Well, we're a little past the hour, but, you know, whatever. Get a little heated. But that's what I do. I get a little heated. So anyway, with that being said, guys, today is December 28th, 2022. And I'm glad I was here today with you guys. I'm not on vacation like all the other dudes to get paid to do this for a living. I'm here for free. You're welcome. So please share this with your friends, guys. If they're like, I don't have nothing to listen to. Freaking Tim Pool and Bongino and Pasobic and Billy and Bob and Joe and Freddie and this podcast and that. Everyone's on vacation. They're just playing best of elements. Cool. Uh, I got a podcast for you. It's called Don't Tread on America. The host is a little goofy. He cusses a little bit and he drinks whiskey. But he's on point. So let's share this with your friends, guys. If they don't have anything else to listen to, let them listen to me. This is show number 215, something like that. They've got plenty of stuff to listen to to get to like us. And then we can start New Year out strong. All right, with that being said, guys, like I said, December 28th, I'll be back here Friday. Now, my intentions are to finish up the, uh, the Clinton situation. So that will be barring any uh, anything else happening in the next day or two, which may or may not. We'll see. So with that being said, I will be back Friday, I promise. And uh, whether it's the Clinton situation or current events, we'll just have to wait and see. All right. So you guys have a great day, and I will talk to you again on Friday.